T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is high. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the PGP, the Permission Granted Podcast, the show about the show, the show within the show. This is available two different places. If you want to hear the PGP, it's available on the DA Show's podcast feed. So just search the DA Show on your favorite podcast platform. And when you find us, subscribe, rate, and review. And every single week, the PGP is there. Or it's on its own podcast feed. Perhaps you listen to the DA show live every morning on the radio, or you stream us on your phone or your smart speaker, and then you just want the podcast of the PGP. That's okay, too. Just simply search Permission Granted, rate, subscribe, and review, and we appreciate it. Now, today marks the last week before Radio Row Week, and we talked about this last week. We never got any heads up from management because we rarely do. We were a basically a self-running machine, both for good and bad reasons. And so they didn't even let us know that we were not going to the Super Bowl. And at this point in time, I'm pretty confident that we're not, so I'm not even going to bother asking here. So next week, we would usually arrive on Sunday and then start our shows on Monday. Sometimes we've arrived on a Monday and then started the shows on a Tuesday. But this being a CBS year, CBS has the television rights. We would be there on Sunday and broadcasting from Tampa starting Monday morning. So with that not happening, where are we in terms of booking guests via Zoom or over the phone? Do we have a lot of of the the normal Radio Row guests, or is it more scarce this year? Well, uh, yes and no. I would say that from a producing standpoint, this actually seems harder than in past years as far as it seems like there's been a lot more up in the air as far as timing and uh, how technologically PR departments and companies want to use Zoom and all of this. But I will say that, yes, I am confident that we will have at least at least two guests every day, and I'm obviously starting to build more. But I'm also confident in saying that as it lays right now compared to normal years, it does feel like the volume of guests will be less than in past years, and maybe that just means because people aren't walking the floor of the convention centers, they don't want to do as much morning radio, so maybe there'll be more of that in the afternoon. But we do have plenty of guests that are still coming into my inbox here that we will line up uh, for the show, but it just may be you know, two, three, four guests as opposed to eight or nine guests a show. 
which is totally fine because one guest per hour is more than enough. When we get to a Thursday and a Friday of Super Bowl week and there is literally a guest every single segment of all four hours, it can be it can be slightly exhausting and taxing, and sure. sometimes the show is not necessarily all that focused. So I don't mind that at all. I guess my question is when you have PR people talking about booking the the guests and maybe over Zoom, are these former players, coaches, what have you, that are at a convention center and sitting down in front no. of a camera? Or is this they're just they're not even coming to a radio road. They're just booking these folks from their own home. So if we really want to get insidey, insidey on the behind oh, yeah, the that's scenes the PGP. stuff of Radio yeah. Row, sure, it is the PGP that's for that. I would say about a month ago, let's say around week 15 of the NFL, I started to get emails just from PR people confirming that we weren't going to the Super Bowl. And it wasn't that, oh, you know, we're going to be there, are you not? It was more or less, I think, a lot of these companies figuring out whether it was worth it for them to even send their people that walk the floor with all of these stars uh, to a convention center if a lot of the radio shows weren't going to be there. And it seemed to be the consensus around a lot of these PR departments and companies and public relations and stuff. I know that's the same thing as PR. Came to the consensus that the far majority of big stations like ours, like CBS Sports Radio, that are there annually that they give guests to, are not going to be there at a convention center. So they are in turn going to ha- pay their, I guess, athletes to pub whatever products, but not pay them whatever to walk convention floors it seems like they will be wherever they are maybe some of them back home now that's not to say some of them won't be down in tampa florida but i would imagine it's far less of them down in tampa florida so any of these guests might be in tampa or they could conceivably be at their home in whatever city that might be or you know basically clip through with whatever pr department or whatever company they're working through with home connections just like we are Yeah, I would imagine that these PR companies have to pay for the travel and the hotel for these guests. And so if there's not going to be a radio row, which, again, I don't even know if there is. My guess is there might be radio stations or TV stations down there doing interviews or doing coverage, rather. But I don't know if it's going to be consolidated groups of people. Maybe there is. Maybe I'll be surprised here. But my guess is that a lot of stations have had to cut back on their budgets, cut back on their travel budgets. This would be one of the things that gets cut. And also that there might not be a lot of guests anyway in the area for these reasons. And so, yeah, you probably have the Brett Favre's of the world and the, you know, all the former players that usually promote something, just doing it from their own home via phone or via Zoom versus walking around a convention hall. Right, and you got to remember, the last thing any company, and that doesn't mean a radio station necessarily, this could be any product comp- you know, that's going to get promoted on Radio Row by whatever guest. Nobody wants to be responsible for any sort of COVID outbreak or some of the older NFL players maybe getting COVID a little more seriously or something like that. Nobody wants to be on the hook for that to make sure that they were pumping Skechers or insert whatever here. So it seems like everybody's just taking this the safe way and scaling this back a bit, and we're going to make the best of it and I think still have really good shows Super Bowl week. Okay. All right. So that's going to start next week, although I will say CBS is already jumping onto this train because we've already had James Brown from the NFL on CBS and Charles Davis from the NFL on CBS both join us, and that was through CBS's PR. So I think because they have the game, CBS is really trying to pump their their talent through the system. 
Oh, yeah. They, I think that's the whole thing. They want to get this all going now because they don't know what TV opportunities are going to be taken up next week. And I actually find that interesting. So if you listen to Tuesday's show, you heard James Brown, you heard Charles Davis. We have other really good guests coming up this week. I think Ed Reed might be later in this week as well. I, I'm I'm juggling all over the schedule between this week and next week. But usually, usually this week that we're in right now is a very difficult week for guests because... Any really big-name guest you want, well, they're going to be doing a ton of media on Super Bowl week, so they kind of just lay low this week. And then once you get past the reaction of Monday and Tuesday to the championship games, it becomes, okay, well, what do guests want to talk about Wednesday, Thursday, Friday? You kind of have to get creative. I could tell you that I think because there's not a condensed radio row, we have seemingly seen a build of some of the guests I could have gotten Super Bowl week be booked for this week, like we just saw James Brown and Charles Davis, and it feels like more of a, because it's virtual, more of a two-week kind of episode of Radio Row, which is why I think there'll be less a bunch of guests on one day and more spread mm. out now over two weeks. It's kind of an okay. interesting change. All right. So next week would be Radio Row week, and we'll see what, what comes up. Do you want to tease any of the guests that we might have next week? Uh, sure, sure, sure. Just give me one second. I have a nice email right here. If you just, as we talk through this on the air, I just don't want to, uh, say something that's not going to be coming up. Okay. Mm -hmm. Here we go. Yeah. I could tell you, I mean, I could start with the rest of this week. We're going to have Ray Allen, the all time three point shooter on, uh, Reggie Kelly, former NFL player, uh, Super Bowl MVP, Otis Anderson, Ken Houston's going to be in the show Friday. We also have Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson said, if you ain't making tacos, I don't love you. We can. So that's football coach or is that NASCAR driver? No. Oh, no, no, that's the football coach, Jimmy Johnson. Oh. So we could ask him about making tacos, DA. Yeah. So, that, so Jimmy Johnson, again, that's another guest you would expect Super Bowl week. We're having him this week on Friday. So okay. remember, tacos with Jimmy Johnson. Then as we get into Super Bowl week, uh, guys like Christian McCaffrey, Tua is going to be on the show. I'm sorry, Ed Reed is next week on the show. Devin McCourty is on the show. Uh, Dan Klecko is on the show. There's also a new Al Davis 30 for 30 that comes out Super Bowl week. The director of that will be on the show. Carson Palmer will be on the show. So a lot of those guests have already been lined up, have already been booked. But, yeah, so I still think it's a nice, solid roster so far. It's just less of the volume shooting that we see in other years. Okay, no problem. No, that's a good list. Okay, so that'll be a lot of fun. Um, this morning we also talked about Schwartz extensively because Schwartz did two things. <laughs> Yesterday, he said he wasn't interested in the Super Bowl as a football game, just the commercials and the food, which I find incredibly annoying and aggravating considering he works in sports media. It's your job to cover games. It's your job to be vested, interested, intrigued by one of the biggest sporting events in the world every year, and that is the Super Bowl. And the idea that he's just like not interested in Tom Brady versus freaking Patrick Mahomes and something that 60 million people will watch unless there, there was a Budweiser commercial and he could stuff his face full of, of, of cheese Doritos is like so annoying to me. But also that he posted that this week, the Long Island Lizards as the indoor lacrosse team. No, this is the outdoor lacrosse team, Major League Lacrosse. Yes. Had a bankruptcy sale and they said 20 bucks, take everything you want in a bag, which is just like, this is Schwartz's idea of heaven on earth. And so he posted pictures of all the things that he took, all the junk that he took from jerseys and lacrosse balls and placards and all of this type of stuff. Does this mean the entire league's going under or just that team? Because he has quite a, a, a history of being connected to teams folding. 
Yeah, okay. So I tried to get a little more research on this because I didn't want to be uneducated. We were able to find – remember when the AFL, the Arena Football League, was down to like three teams and we were like, how are you even operating this? Truth be told, I went to the Wikipedia of the National Lacrosse League and they still have the Lizards as active with the other teams from 2020. So Schwartz clearly knows more about this if they're having a sale because the team has folded. I – this league is so unimportant that nobody's even cared to update the Wikipedia on whether the league has folded or other teams have pulled out. I imagine there's a lot of financial restrictions and stuff that's gone on with COVID. It was probably a league on a very thin budget anyway. So put it this way, Schwartz was covering a team or a league that folded that is actually so important that nobody's even updated Wikipedia, where you know Wikipedia gets updated 30 seconds after news breaks. I'm just looking at a, a piece done originally about six months ago, but then updated in December. And it says the Premier Lacrosse League, PLL, which was created two years ago, will merge with MLL, Major League Lacrosse. Now, the PLL has seven clubs. But What does this mean for the New York Lizards? Who knows? He says the Lizards could be part of the PLL's future. I think if there was not a middle of a pandemic, the source said, there would be more than one team added. So there's a merger of two leagues. That means that the Lizards could be caught in between. It certainly seemed like Schwartz was saying goodbye to the Lizards, right? He basically said, like, nice knowing you. Yes, So, and also we didn't see any other picture of any other people at the sale. So it makes me wonder, D.A., are the Lizards so done with Schwartz asking them for free stuff that they faked a foreclosure and a bankruptcy <laughs> and thus a garage sale to get him in, clean him out, and now they can open the PLL and shed themselves of Schwartz's coverage of them? <laughs> That's a take. It was just too perfect. And that he had to take a picture of all of the junk that he got. I mean, how many... Lizards jerseys and t-shirts and shorts and lacrosse balls do you need he, he stuffed like a garbage bag worth of their stuff how much do you if you want like a commemorative jersey to remember them fine hang it on your wall wear it what have you you want one lacrosse ball fine he got 11 you want one lizard's t- hat he got three I mean I just what is the point to having four Lizards jerseys? I ask you this. Well, D.A., there's no point other than it's a game, right? It, this is a common theme. We are on, what, PGP 350-something at this point. You could go back. There's probably 120 of these PGPs where somehow Schwartz's game here has been mentioned. Heck, he's been interviewed. The point is not that he cares that much about the Lizards t-shirts. The point is not that he cares that much about the Lizards lacrosse balls. The point is simply he was given a bag like he was playing supermarket sweep and he could it was a game for him to stuff as much free stuff in there so that he could have like the feeling of reward and heroism to walk through his doors on Levittown Long Island look at his wife and kids and say, "Honey, Look what I got for 20 bucks. It's a game to see how much he could get for free or for a low price. And who cares, right? If the kids never wear the T-shirts again, who cares? All that matters is he got it all for 20 bucks. It's a thrill. It's a sad thrill. It's an itch to scratch. It's frankly pathetic. So the 
The source in this Newsday article says, I personally think it'll be a one-year hiatus for the Lizards before the they reappear in the PLL. The so source. This is, this is the most amazing thing, that Schwartz would go bonkers collecting all this junk from the Lizards, and they might only be gone for a year. They might just, they, they probably come back, I don't know if they rebrand or whatever, but like they're going to be back. There's going to be a team again. You can just go and... and collect yep. all the garbage from their team store again once they come back in a year. Like, he's acting as though it's the last trip to the moon and he's got to take, like, the last rock off of it. But no, then it just sets up the next thing. When they come back, when the Lizards come back, guess what we get on Twitter and Instagram? We get the family photo of all of them in the T-shirts he got for 20 bucks. Hey, Lizards, welcome in your back. Remember we were there when you left? Like, you'll get that whole thing. All of them holding the lacrosse ball up in the air like they're raising the Stanley freaking cup. Like, it's just setting up the next thing to get a million likes on Instagram. People go, oh, Pete, I'm glad. Good for you. I'm happy the Lizards are back. Wow, you got all that gear. That's the next thing that's going to happen <laughs> last week you had called out your wife for shoplifting on the oh. day of the 2007 nfc championship game you had gotten the call from the authorities she had shoplifted a pair of underwear from Coles with her friend julie you called the ringleader julie yeah and your wife was not happy she threw a bunch of stuff downstairs we have not revisited this since the end of friday's show <laughs> what was the weekend aftermath of this so Friday was a little frosty, like the frosty paw ice cream I talked about on Tuesday. I walked up, and Danielle was definitely upset. I think she understood the funny nature of it. I think that she was human enough to understand the funny nature of it. But she was more upset because I got the, you know, you make a lot of things in our life public. I have a, you know, a job where I'm, it's an important job and people look up to me and I care for people. If they know in the past that I shoplifted and I had a mistake, you know, this day and age, I could get like, I got read the whole thing about like, how are you going to get fired? I said, calm down. First of all, your boss already texted you laughing because she listens to the show. So you know, you're not getting fired. So stop over exaggerating. Then she was still kind of angry about it, just thought, like, there are some things I got to learn to keep to myself. But it wasn't until, and I didn't know this, uh, her friend Julie is up in Buffalo, New York, like I mentioned. She was, takes part in this. And I didn't realize that her and her husband still listen to the show a lot up on our affiliate in Buffalo. Oh. And they heard it live. They heard it live. So I ended up getting text from Julie later, but I didn't realize Julie called Danielle and said, were you listening to your husband this morning? And she got a good kick out of it and a good laugh about it. She wasn't upset that I outed her because she, you know, understood, hey, what are you going to do? I'm a mother of two on the run in Buffalo, basically. And I think she made Danielle laugh about it. So I think by outing Julie, I actually helped my cause because Danielle softened her stance on Saturday or Sunday after talking to her co-thief, her other wet bandit, who said, ah, you know what? It was good. It was funny radio. Who cares? It was 13 years ago. We, we stole stuff. Nobody cares now. Oh, so that really helped you out that, that Julie kind of had a good, yes. a good laugh about it. Yes, and Julie had texted me later, and I felt bad because I meant to text Julie to say, hey, just so you know, I outed you on radio, blah, blah, blah. And she told me flat out, uh, Scott, her husband, said, Scott actually is less angry about you outing his wife as a criminal mischief and more angry that you picked the Chiefs to beat the Bills because they're big <laughs> Bills Mafia, they're Bills season ticket holders up there. So in typical Bills Mafia fashion, who cares if you accuse us of being thieves? You just don't pick us to beat to lose to the Chiefs. <laughs> <laughs> so you kind of get out of the woods on that i think so i think so although i do i think i am well it's called a probationary period over the next month i just gotta watch what i say about danielle because if i out her for something else i don't even realize boy that could really put me in a rut so i just gotta dig myself out of this here 
And how do you think he'll do that? Well, I don't know. I maybe just for once thinking before I speak. I think it would be. But I haven't learned that in eight years, so who knows? Maybe just hope that I luckily don't. How about that? So what did what did Danielle throw down the stairs at you during Friday's show? So it was definitely, I had folded laundry the night before. We got a hamper, not a hamper, whatever you call it, clothes basket, because our laundry room is where the internet is. It's right near where I do the show from. So she threw down the laundry basket. In the laundry basket, I guess, were a couple of Taylor's books, because, hey, here's here's a surprise. I've been reading Taylor books every night, so that's a uh, been a big win. So I guess t- there were a couple upstairs, and we have, like, a bookshelf down here in the basement. And uh, she put the books in the basket and absolutely chucked it, knowing it would make a big racket and bang around down here. And I think she was hoping it would knock loose some of my wires. So it was Taylor baby books in a laundry basket. And she threw that down there because she was angry at you. And that meant all the clothes that you had folded were then just sprayed all over the floor. Uh, she had taken the clothes out. So it was mainly the books that thudded around. But again... This spoke to her other issue of, I don't listen to her, don't make certain things public, this, that, and the other. I was told before I went down for work for the morning to bring the laundry basket downstairs. So now, you had an angry, you had an angry Daniel that I revealed her as a thief, and then she walks out and sees the laundry basket that I had forgotten to take downstairs, and I think that's what caused the big chucking. How did her parents, how did uh, her family feel after hearing this? Because the the issue was that, she had never told her parents this story. Exactly. Her dad, basically no idea. Could care less, hasn't said a thing to me. But that's so typical, he'd be aloof. Her mother, apparently, I found out, knows about it, but is not bringing it up because she, around me, doesn't want to add fuel to the on-air fire. Because in the back of her mind, she still looks at the video from 2020, early 2020, that leaked of her saying that Pete looked a little off. (laughs) And she was a little... She was a little upset that she felt like she was falsely recorded and didn't know that I was recording her. So I I got this from her. Danielle's aunt, my mother-in-law's sister, has told me that Kathy apparently is aware of what happened, but she doesn't. she's scared to add more fuel to the fire because she's worried about being a big-time subject that could get taken down on the DA show as well after what happened with the Pete video from early 2020. Remind me of the Pete video. What What was this? So my mother-in-law was <laughs> was very fired up. This was pre-pandemic. I remember because uh, they were over-interrupting an XFL game I was watching. Her, her aunt, there was a few of them over. So it was, let's say, February of last year. And she, we had gotten into something. It might have been after the SATs where everybody was making – that's what it was. It was the SAT argument where you, Pete and Bogish were crushing me for the grade. And my mother-in-law, who used to be a teacher, she had my back about the grade. So we don't have to rehash the whole SAT thing. But just to show you the level of octopus arms or tentacles that went into this SAT thing from last year. We're talking about it. We're discussing it. And she starts to get in a little, bull, little rant at Bogish and Bilotti. So I slightly, I'm sitting on the floor at this time, I take out my phone, and I go to record her, because I didn't know where it was going to go, but I figured, of course, hey, if she gives a good ribbing to them and I can send it in, it's going to be good audio to use on the show. And she ends up, and I had no idea she was going to go with this, she doesn't remember Pete's name, and she's like, who's the other guy? He, he, you know, he's the guy that looks like Sean, but he's a, he's a little off, <laughs> and he went to this whole thing. And I ended up posting it on Instagram. You guys ended up playing on the air. And Pete was furious, saying, you know, he's a little off. I'm, you know, basically telling me I'm a little off. And it became something, remember, 
we lost that for the 12 years because I think Pete might have deleted it. He doesn't want any recollection of anybody saying he looks a little off. And my mother-in-law was very disgruntled that she was falsely recorded. Pete has played a great role on the show the last two weeks because he's been trying to get us to to avoid taking bad phone calls. And <laughs> we forced his hand a couple times to take them, and they've all been pretty bad. Um so it's been very funny because he's been vindicated in his, his anger towards bad phone calls. And today, Amos in Tennessee, who calls up pretty much every Trash Tuesday, was on hold for a while, and then I finally got to him, and he wasn't there. So just another victory for Pete in the argument that we shouldn't take phone calls. And Amos tweeted at me, I'm trashing my sister for calling at the worst time. A 30-second confirmation of plans cost me two and a half hours of waiting on hold. Oh, I no. missed my chance. Pete the body and everyone is laughing at me like I'm a chump. I was there. Audrey, I got to go. Audrey. <laughs> oh, I no. mean, Amos in Tennessee waited for that long. I oh. finally go to him. And his, and his sister calls for 30 seconds. And that's the 30 seconds that we go to him. What are the freaking odds? I guess you got to believe him, right? That that oh, yeah, happen? absolutely. Oh, man. Well, I'll say this about Amos. Amos is a loyal D alien. He's a loyal listener. I think that it's inevitable he's going to call back. He'll probably call back next Trash Tuesday. I don't think we can leave him hanging there for an hour, 45, two hours. I think no. Amos has got to get up in the first 10 minutes, even if we're shoehorning it in. Because I think if you've waited that long and Audrey, of all play people, messes it up, I think you're owed that. But, though, you, that's a nervous spot for Amos. Because if you call your shot that you were ready to go and we were laughing at you, you got to bring the noise on Trash Tuesday or whenever you call. Because if you end up having a bad call after dropping, that's going to be tough to come back from. <laughs> Today we talked about how Aaron, Aaron Rodgers might actually have the Mraz, Curse of the Mraz, oh. Curse of the, what you call you the Hambino? Yeah, Curse of the Hambino, I think. that <laughs> You said he would not win a playoff game until he apologized to you for saying, get away from me, buddy, at that Scottsdale bar. That's right. Instead, you've had to amend that, that maybe it's just he does not win a Super Bowl, and that's gotten us with Tom Brady in his 10th Super Bowl. And so Andrew Kaplan, the Wizard of Watch DA, put a gif out today of you in just that pink Speedo and your Giants pom-pom hat greased up like a stuck pig with a bunch of birdseed poured all over your back. And there is Jay Berman throwing things at you. I don't know if he's throwing a pine cone or birdseed, but boy, he had a great time that day. I remember just taunting you, following you around as the naked guy in Central Park. Yeah, it was a humiliating day. It was amazing that that many people cared about it. And we will never obviously forget the Argentinian tourists who had basically paid a ton of money to come to New York City only to watch me walk around with birdseed <laughs> covered all over it, my moobs flapping over my overflap, which was over my stomach. That was it was certainly a day and a moment to remember, but I'm sorry. Everybody got a good laugh about that. Everybody got a good laugh about it. Everybody listened to the show. Everybody in Central Park. But Aaron Rodgers, who wants us to laugh at all State Farm commercials, couldn't get a good laugh after a couple Bud Lights and enjoy that I was showing him that pick. Had to be a jerk. And now he doesn't find himself in another Super Bowl again. A. Pierce, a.k.a. A to the Pizzy, tweets, I'm trashing myself. At many times, I've crushed Mraz for crying like when Jeter retired. But I get it now with Drew Brees calling it quits. I've oh. welled up a few times. Hashtag stinky debris. Support for your crying. Again, I don't think there's anything wrong with crying over an athlete you love 
you know, basically having the end of an era. I never understood getting made fun of for that. I understand if you don't feel that same emotion as the person crying, like it's been me laughing at that, that is totally reasonable. But to say that you should never cry, look, it's more than just the athlete. Yes, maybe Drew Brees in reality doesn't care about AP. Maybe Derek Jeter would never care about me on a personal level. But the athletes for a long, he doesn't. The athletes represent this passage of time that you have watched go by in your life. And to see that chapter end if you're a big sports fan it's gonna make you emotional so yes absolutely if you're a drew Brees fan and you feel like maybe there was a little left to chew on and you were a saint fan that's an end of an important era of your life watching saints football you should absolutely well up in a little tears have fun with your tears well and that brings us to the final very emotional tweet as well from a trash tuesday today which we'll end on alien og tweets i'm trashing myself da i knocked over my bong and broke it during the game on sunday <laughs> It's about a buck fifty down the drain. R.I.P. Bongzilla. <laughs> oh. So that's the perfect place to end. Huh. A sad passage of time as well, because I'm sure that Alien OG had a lot of good times and yeah. good nights with Bongzilla. Slightly different era than Drew Brees had, I'm sure, but nonetheless, the same sadness that happened. And I really have to wonder, with the breaking of that bong, can Alien OG ever even get high anymore? Because it appears like that's all he does every day. <laughs> Can you get how hard is it to get high when you need Bongzilla to do it? Right. That thing might be like three feet tall. Right. If you've had to invest in Bongzilla to up the ante on your weed enjoyment, my guess is you've done a little too much for 20 years. And maybe when the simple joint or blunt doesn't work anymore, I don't know. Maybe time to look into other things. Okay, that's side A. You got a little A-B on side B? Let's go! Have fun with your A-B. Okay, Andrew Bogish, side B, right now. Hello, everybody, and welcome into side B of the PGP. It is Mraz, the host of side B and the executive producer of the DA Show. Join by the one and only Andrew Bogish. Bogey, hello, how are you? Sean, I'm doing very well, as always. Thanks for having me. And let me personally um, say happy pup birthday to your sweet little Eli. Thank you so much. He's excited. I've already uh, gotten an email here as we type from the uh, the Canine Clubhouse, and they said that the party's off and running. It's ecstatic. The music is apparently playing. They've had a little bit of a dance party, so everybody's having a good time over there at Eli's birthday party, which you love to see. Breaks my heart that it's no parents allowed. But look, I have to let my kid be my kid and, and have a good time. So let's just start there. I'm happy you wished him a happy birthday. But we got into it a little bit on the show in the last hour on Tuesday's show, talking about throwing your dog a birthday party. And I understand that could sound ridiculous to non-dog owners, but I was kind of appalled by you to think it was that ridiculous. You know, this is a cool day. DA's wife is already texting me. She absolutely loves the idea, of course, of the dog birthday. But you mean to tell me if you were a dog guy and this opportunity presented itself that you wouldn't take advantage and give your dog a happy day? Yeah, I mean, again, the preface to all of this is that I've never, ever had a dog. And and for, for like, a number of reasons, like, dog hair everywhere makes no sense to me. Dogs eating shoes makes no sense to me. Walking dogs in horrible weather makes no sense to me. Um, I have a lot of dog any, issues. I, I don't have any of those things. I mean, you really right, and, uh, sure, dog I, movies. 
I guess, right? Um, I, I have a real problem with people who have their dogs in strollers. Uh, I feel very strongly about people bringing dogs into stores. Like, I don't need to buy a, sh- a sweater in the Gap next to next to your Labradoodle, whatever it's called. So there's a, I, gotta, I guess I have some, some anti-dog in me. And as I said in the air, too, like, I'm 100% guilty of paying for things for my kids that really had no effect on them because they were tiny. And maybe they gave them a, a moment of happiness like at the time but it's not like they remember their second birthday party and go oh thank god they had the cotton candy machine i mean my daughter when we first moved to our house my daughter dressed like a cowgirl from a team a cartoon that she watched for i don't know like a 17 straight months so for her birthday we got a pony to come to the house to give pony rides and she hated the thing so like even that blew up in our face so like but I, there's a difference when doing this for your kids at least in my mind and then your dog, like I'm sure Eli is having a having a good day, but like what caught my eye was like you saying they're gonna sing happy birthday to him and stuff like that. They like are. they're not people, like they're dogs. Like it, it's just Tuesday, right? I mean, no, no, no. But dogs feel appreciation, and if Eli sees that everybody's there celebrating him, like dogs have brains, like they feel emotion. Any any good, and you watch a lot of animal shows, will tell you that. That, that Eli is going to come home today feeling like he was appreciated. And that's all I'm looking for. He deserves it. He, it's a t- Imagine being a dog and you're like basically the baby. All of a sudden, you, your family has a baby. Then a pandemic hits and you, all, it's just them nonstop with the baby. Nobody leaves the house. You do your best to give him as much attention. I was taking up for runs. You're going you to get depressed and mopey and want some attention. And then to celebrate his birthday like this, to go play with other other species of his kind? Oh, come on. It's a great day. But no, no, all of that makes sense until we get to the upcharge for the puppuccino, and maybe that's where the oh, line well. is for me and not for you. Now, look, if we're being as honest as possible, <laughs> this place is a place that my wife and I sent Eli to a lot. As a matter of fact, we had a daily package before we moved into our house when we were in our apartment because we just didn't want him cooped up in an apartment. Now we try to bring him at least once a month, sometimes twice a month, just to go play with dogs and get his exercise and get his routine in. Uh, and just because, honestly, he comes home and he's exhausted because all he's done is play with dogs all day. It's actually it's a win in the end when he goes. But we saw that, you know, a couple months ago they started doing birthday parties with dogs. We said, oh, it's kind of cute. That's funny. And the more they post them online, we're like, wow, those are actually really cool. This seems like the dogs are having a blast. We talked to some other dog parents that said they were having a blast. So my wife said, hey, look, it's a Tuesday. You have work in the morning talking about me. She has work all day. We got to take care of Taylor. We do have hearts and feel bad it's his birthday. We knew the weather was going to be cold. Do we really want to be taking him to a park or feeling like we could do something special for him? Hey, look into this dog birthday party. Then he's out of our hair for the day. I said, all right, I call. So when I called, they offered two packages. One was $30. One was 55 For $25 more, all the dogs got puppuccinos. All the dogs that come go home with a goodie bag, which I think is nice. You know, thanks for coming to Eli's birthday. And you get all pictures emailed to you from the big day, which I think is fun to have, all those pictures. <laughs> and I said, look, if I'm already doing something ridiculous, and I understand how it sounds ridiculous, I'm spending $30 to have a dog's birthday. And mind you, this also includes the fact that they're watching my dog all day, this price. Right. What, to me... And I and I don't mean to poo-poo, and I know there's some a lot of financial problems all over the country. To me, twenty-five extra dollars to have all these dogs get fed puppuccinos, to have the pictures sent to me, and to have the goodie bags. I, don't you have to at that point if you're already committing to thirty? Don't you have to commit to fifty-five? <laughs> um, I mean, if we take out like the dog side of it, I, I yes, I, I see I see your logic, but I, I guess I'm, what I'm having a really hard time is is like, and I'm thinking about this way too like mathematically uh-huh. is like 
like the dogs don't know it's Eli's birthday. Like they just they don't even know what a birthday is because they're dogs. So like there's a sign it doesn't have to, it doesn't have to be happy today or the sing happy birthday. They could just have an extra cuddle and overall oh, good. Everyone loves me. No, no, no. The dogs walk in and they see happy birthday Eli. They know it's a different day than a regular day when there's the balloons and the trees. No, they, they know don't. They don't because they can't read our letters. They can't. Re- they don't understand okay, what the sign says. I'm pretty sure they put a crown on Eli as well. They're going to know that's the dog's birthday. He's wearing a crown. It's not random. And he probably hates it, right? Because don't all dogs hate having the stupid, like, sweaters and stuff on? Don't they usually fight that stuff off? That's a, Eli likes his giant Ranger jerseys, so I'm sure he doesn't mind a crown. For attention, Eli's a big attention guy. So he's pumped, man. Look, it's just all like I'm his saying dad. is this. I think when this was brought up on the air, you and DA are the wrong people to speak on this because you just don't own dogs. Yes. You don't get it. So I, and I think even you admit that. I am promising you, promising you. Now, there will be plenty of listeners who heard that segment go, oh, Mraz is ridiculous. Who does this for a dog? But I promise you, there were also a plenty of listeners, even if they don't show up in the phone calls, Pete won't answer, or the tweets that said, <laughs> oh, we do that for our dog. Like, I am, right. this is not some kind of rarity. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not I'm not catapulting in from the moon. There were plenty of our listeners who could relate to oh. what was going on for Eli on Tuesday. No, I, I, I don't think you're alone in this by any stretch. And I'm sure, you know, if you polled only dog owners, you'd have an overwhel- you'd have overwhelming support on this. I, j- I think you're all crazy, not just you. I think everyone, you're all crazy, which is fine because we're all crazy in different ways. I'm sure if I ran through things I spend money on, somebody somewhere along the way would be like, what the hell are you doing? So, like, huh. I, I, I'm sure I'm hypocritical on this. I know I'm being heartless to a certain extent and about dogs in general. Um, and I and I was never meaning to say that you're alone in this because I know people probably going ten times more for their dog's birthday and spending five fifty on extra stuff that the dog may never even realize was for him or her. Oh, they're they're gonna realize now. You don't have a heart. Would your wife have a heart? Would your wife understand me throwing this party for Eli? No, she was actually in the in the room um, while that was going on. And when I'm not on, like if it's a segment that I'm, it's not a, the, up, the update segment or Trash Tuesday. I usually am listening through a speaker because my headphones are annoying. If I edit sound, then Pete hears it. So I, like, disconnect from our setup. So I had this, this show playing just in the room. So she heard it, and she goes, you have my permission to say that your wife thinks this is ridiculous. And is I said, right? I, don't need, I don't need your help here. I also think it's a little ridiculous. Oh, my goodness. I thought your wife would have a heart and understand how great a day this is for Eli. And that, of course, you commit the $55 no. to the birthday party. Well, she also – dogs can kill her. She's super allergic to dogs, which is the reason why we don't oh. have one now because our kids would kill for one, but just well, not their mother. Um, so she has so some like, bias. She does have some bias, but she does like other animals. She almost adopted a cat recently even though she's a, she's allergic to those too because it was so damn cute in the uh, in the pet store. But no, there is there's no space in her heart for a dog birthday party. Interesting. Okay, well, then let's just finish with this. If we pivot off the dogs, you are our resident play-by-play voice here on the DA show of basketball. We obviously had those clips last week played of Winthrop Hoops and Super Dave paying off his bet, and they were great. They were absolutely great, and on Tuesday's show, we got the lost tapes, if you will, including Better Bring Your Raincoat and I'll Drop Dead Without Those Burritos, and we've discussed a lot of the show. I have a weird waist. I mean, what Super Dave executed in getting... I mean, now we've lost count on how many drops he actually got in there where we thought, oh, can he mention one, two, or three? He basically was T.O. taking the ball to the star and looking up. And, <laughs> and the job he did... But I just want, from, from you, from a play-by-play standpoint, 
is there enough? Are we giving too much credit to Super Dave? Are we not giving enough no. credit to Super Dave? I mean, the job he did shoehorning these in. A little thoughts. And I and I think I mean you could maybe find one to nitpick over, but they also they basically fit in the broadcast. I mean, the the game ending call sounds great, but if you like try to look at it like sensibly, it makes no sense to yell if you're not making tacos anymore. I don't love you, but like it just it did still somehow work. But the other things they got in somehow at the right time. Like I said on the air when we were playing them, like I I wish that we were in the production meeting as they lined all of these things up because they definitely took the time to figure out how to like set themselves up for some of the ones that really needed context. And even the ones that I was afraid of, like the weird waste one, like somehow body shaming a 19-year-old college basketball player, they went to those and they put it on kids and it still sounded okay. Just incredible. And I really think when we look back, uh, that's a moment where... Because it happened in a game, I think it's hard to translate into a 12 DA. So I think when we look at the year in review and we get there, you know, 10 months from now, 11 months from now, I think sadly might be forgotten in a weird way. Um, but that is one of the great moments of DA show history. The fact that on a basketball broadcast, so many of our drops got in there and they didn't just get in there where, oh, ha ha, you have to do it. Like they got in there where we were almost taunted back. Like Super Dave lost the bet and <laughs> felt like he won the bet that he got to do this, right? Like yeah. that's, and that's the irony of it. There, there was a follow-up tweet at some point that we were all on eventually from someone who was involved with the broadcast. Did you ever follow up on that? Like, did Dave get in trouble or no. did, like, Winthrop ever know about this? Like, what was going on there? No, it, well, it, the Winthrop didn't know, so I guess it was, like, whoever runs the cu- communications and kind of is the head of the broadcast wasn't aware that they that Dave had lost a bet and what they were doing was getting DA show drops in there. But from what I gather, <laughs> all she said was, oh, I wasn't aware of this, but it was not a big deal on the floor because of the positive reaction so many of the fans. I mean, to the point is, DA mentioned there are people drawing up T-shirts about if I don't make tacos, I, I don't love you no yeah. more. So. Doing this actually, I think, was a win for Winthrop Broadcast because people are so into them now. So I think Super Dave's got to continue. Frankly, I think he's got to continue. I think the drop's got to work, and this has to become part of it. And yeah, you know, that, that that's that's where we stand. I mean, so if you're wondering, yeah, space them out, space them out, rotate them, but keep them in in the rotation and use something every single game, no doubt. So if you're wondering again how we survived for four months without sports during the pandemic, just mind you that we just had two teams punch their ticket to the Super Bowl. And me and Bogus easily uncovered the bigger show topics, which were a dog's birthday party and better bring your raincoats being used on a basketball broadcast. So we are just fine here on the DA show <laughs> as far as tapping ridiculousness. And Bogues, on that note, I'm going to let you go. I, I got to go get my stuff together. Before no, I go you go. Up. Go to the party. Go get I your got, puppy I, ice no, cream. I'm going to give him a couple hours. I'm going to pick up my son in a little bit. Hope he enjoyed his party and we'll have a good day. You can follow Bogus on Twitter. At Andrew Bogish. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram where I'm sure I'm hoping I have pictures later in the day or later on Tuesday or whenever you're listening to this throughout the week. I'm sure by now, check me out at Mraz CBS. You'll see plenty of pictures of you guys. Big day. Have a great weekend. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan 
plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.